Hey everybody, and welcome to a very special holiday edition of Brand Federation's Beer and Brands, our excuse to travel around Richmond, Virginia, visit all the great breweries, drink beer, and talk about brands. I'm Matt Williams, the Managing Director of uh, Brand Federation, along with our founder and CEO, Kelly O'Keefe. Merry Christmas. We are here at the fabulous Vale Brewing Company on Forest Hill Road. Um, and we've got Justin Anderson, the Director of Brewing Operations here, who's going to bring us in some delicious Vale Brewing Company beers. Hey, Justin. Hey, how you doing? What are we drinking? Uh, right here we've got Pretty. It's a, it's a four-grain Saison that's uh, can-conditioned and open-fermented. Uh, and then here we have, uh, it's a beer called Silver Ferrari. So it's a uh, 100%, or sorry, 50% Matueka hops, 50% Galaxy. So and we use the freshest crops of hops in, in any of the Ferrari series of our beers. So Amazing. That looks amazing. That's great. I gotta try this. That's right. Hope you enjoy Cheers. It. Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What you all don't know is that it's 9.30 in the morning. But, you know, that's the magic of the internet content. Thank you, Justin. No we problem. will talk to you in a minute. Sounds good. So, Matt, who do you have on your list of naughty brands this year? All right, the first brand on my list is actually a person, and it is none other than Mr. Elon Musk, uh, the famous entrepreneur who we all know is worth more than $300 oh billion. Dollars. Is it really over $300 billion? $300 billion. So he's accelerating the adoption of electric vehicles, as we know, with his brand of Tesla, which we may hear about a little bit later. But there's a lot of crazy going on in Elon world. So we're seeing not only him doing amazing genius things with things like SpaceX and Tesla, we're also seeing this guy engaging in crazy Twitter wars and manipulating currency, uh, cryptocurrency with tweets. Um, Elon, he needs to back it off a little bit, I think. He's, he's starting to, to, to look more like a petulant teenager than a $300 billion crypto and uh, technology genius. So he's on my naughty list. Yeah, that, he sounds like he's a little bit out of control when it comes to Twitter. He's, he's having fun there. Maybe a little. And complaining about taxes. All right, who's on yours? Well, on my list, I've got to put at the top of the list Chevron. Santa doesn't like lying. And Chevron has really been in the media a lot lately because they've taken out greenwashing ads suggesting that they're reducing carbon, suggesting that they're reducing production of fossil fuels. They're just not. They're actually planning to increase production of fossil fuels by over 15% in the next four years. So Chevron, Santa doesn't like lying, definitely on the naughty list this year. Yeah, you know, I think when the elves are looking for the naughty list, you look for watch out language like a pathway to net zero carbon or reducing the carbon intensity of our operations, yeah. which is a giant red flag a for greenwashing. Big red flag. That's a long, 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 long pathway. And uh, <laughs> in Chevron's, Chevron's mind, you should be driving down that pathway, burning a lot of fossil fuel. Ah, excellent. All right, next on my list, we have Johnson & Johnson. So. J&J, um, as you may have heard, is under a lot of legal pressure for the, uh, the talc in their baby powder and people alleging that that talc can, can cause cancer. Um, that's not why they're on the naughty list. They're on the naughty list because of a bankruptcy maneuver they used to block the 38,000 lawsuits associated with those claims. What they did was they used a loophole in Texas state law and they spun off a new company called LTL put all the asbestos-related um, liability into that company and immediately declared bankruptcy. Um, man, some uh, creative legal maneuvering there for J&J, &J, but all in an effort to escape 
potential accountability for causing cancer. Haven't Not they cool. historically been a really great brand? I mean, the whole thing with the scandal on Tylenol that they handled so well, what's, what's happened? Yeah, it's amazing. You walk into J&J's offices in Brunswick, New Jersey, and the first thing you see is etched in stone the credo that Mr. Johnson founded the company on. And it's beautifully done, and it's a statement of ethics and values that, man, if they would just hew to it the way they have historically, they might not be on the naughty list. A short-term cash benefit, not worth it, J&J. You had a trusted brand, you're putting it at risk, too bad. Uh, which brings me to another brand. I don't know if I can call Subway a trusted brand. They've been in and out of scandals in the past. Jared has his own thing. Uh, I think he's in jail now, but, uh, but this year, they found themselves in the media again. New York Times commissioned a study when it was questioned just how much tuna is in their tuna which I always thought 100% tuna is in your tuna, but apparently not. According to this study, there was no tuna DNA in the tuna in the sandwiches. Now, I'm not a scientist, <laughs> and I, I didn't do the study. I can't answer for it, but it seems to me that if I'm buying a tuna sandwich at Subway, I would like for there to be some tuna in it. Um, so that, that's kind of a problem. It's not their only problem this year. They also had an Irish court who ruled that their bread is not, in fact, bread. Um, so Subway, eat fresh, but, but maybe not eat, eat real stuff. It, it feels to me like maybe they're a, ahead of the game. We have an impossible burger that isn't actually made out of any beef. Subway has stuff that isn't made out of anything that it's supposed to be made of. <laughs> the, the bread issue, I guess, was that there is so much sugar in the bread that the Irish court categorized it, categorized it as confectionary rather than bread. <laughs> so it's the candy. bread should be in the dessert aisle. It's candy. <laughs> Maybe you put Subway bread in your kid's stocking this mm, year. That sounds good. That would be delicious. Right. Okay, so that wraps up our naughty list. We would love to hear which brands appear on your naughty list, so feel free to put them in the comments below. Now, let's, let's turn the tables a little bit and let's talk about who ended up on our nice list. Well, I, I've got to always uh, think about Patagonia. They've been such a good corporate citizen. They're a company that puts its money where its mouth is. This year, it took the money that it got on Black Friday and it gave it to charities, including environmental charities. All of those dollars went straight to those charities in a very cool thing. They, they've made their clothing, more sustainable. Almost every year they started to take now the, the uh, logos off to make it increasingly sustainable. Uh, they have done everything right. And now you may or may not agree with all of Patagonia's view of the world and view of what's right and wrong, but what we look for is when what you do and what you say are aligned. That's what makes a great brand. And Patagonia is putting its money where its mouth is. Yep, they're, they're walking the walk and talking the talk. It's, it's, it's great to see. So, first on my list. Um, interestingly, I put Elon on my naughty list, but I'm putting his company, Tesla, on my That's nice list. That's a cool list. move. And I think it, Tesla is an amazing brand. Um, they are driving the acceptance and the adoption of elect, uh, electric cars, as we all know. Um, they're ranked as the most valuable automotive brand and the fastest growing brand in the world, which is just remarkable. And I will admit to having just 
just bought one, and it is a phenomenal experience. In fact, I'm going to use the buying experience for Tesla in my customer experience management class that I teach because it's just so frictionless, so amazing. Um, and at every point, they're reminding you what makes this brand different, what makes it special, what makes the experience of not just owning and driving this car, but buying this car um, different from any experience, car buying experience that I've ever had. And they reinforce this idea that by buying and driving this car, you're helping the world transition to renewable energy. And that's, that's a powerful thing. So this, this brand is doing amazing things. Absolutely. You know, what's interesting to me about what you just said is that um, it, they're getting credit and should get credit for not only what they're doing themselves, but they've, they have influenced the whole market. Mm -hmm. Big companies in Detroit, GM, Chrysler, Ford, uh, big companies around the world are starting to move more toward electric vehicles because of the pressure put on them by Tesla's success. And I think that's an important story of influence. Brands have more influence than we think. And that takes us to Airbnb and a great move they made this year. We saw 20,000 people potentially who are Afghan refugees coming into the United States to escape the, the tragedy in Afghanistan. And you think the government's got to step up, but private brands can have more influence than we think. And what Airbnb did is to say, we're going to make our housing, our homes available at no cost to Afghan refugees to help alleviate the burden of their housing in the United States. Now, that is exactly what we've been talking about. It's mm -hmm. a brand that's putting its money where its mouth is. It's not afraid to make a human stance. It's not really a political stance. It's just we value humans. These guys have had a tough time of it. We're going to help them out. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how brand behavior, when it's aligned with with the message that's being put out into the marketplace on behalf of those brands, when those two things connect up, you know exactly what that brand's about. You can make an informed choice about whether you want to engage with them or not. And that's how powerful brands are built. It's the disconnect that puts them on the naughty list. That's right? it. All right, and finally, here's another example of a brand whose behavior is aligned with its, with its, its message in the market. So they are the, the, the last one on my nice list is Uber and Lyft. Both. And Uber and Lyft both came out proactively when Texas passed its restrictive abortion law and said, we are going to pay for anybody who needs a ride to an abortion, an abortion clinic. Um, we're going to do that. We're going to do that for free. And we will pay your legal fees if you end up getting sued for it. Like Uber and Lyft came out and did that. Lyft donated a million dollars to Planned Parenthood. Um, they're doing amazing behavioral things that let people know where they stand. And to your point, Kelly, it's less about, it's not about the politics of this or about the ideology of it. We can stand wherever we stand as it relates to abortion. But when you're managing a brand, you're being asked to, to let the world know where you stand on these things that are important to people. And the brands who do it clearly and with conviction um, are the ones that end up on our nice list. It doesn't take much. It takes honesty. And it takes a will to help your fellow man with the riches that you've been provided through the marketplace. Uh, we've said this before, it, when you want to build a great brand, the first step is to build a great company. Yep. So those are our naughty and nice lists. Please, like I said, put your, uh, put your naughty and nice brands in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. You know, Kelly, I think the unifying thread that pulls together both our naughty and our nice list is that, that brands have influence and brand behavior matters. And, and what I think we have to watch for is whether brands' messages and their behavior match up 
and whether the people who run those brands understand the influence and the power they have, and whether the people who communicate on behalf of those brands understand the power they have to persuade people and to change the way they think. We have to use that power in a responsible way. The, the brands that make the nice list consistently do that. The brands that make the naughty list tend to fall short. That, that's the simple truth of it. Yep. That's great. All right. Well, let's bring Justin back from The Veil and talk a little bit about The Veil as a brand. Welcome back, Justin. Thank Welcome, you. Justin. So let's start at the top level here. If, when I think about The Veil as a brand of brewery in Richmond, which has more and more brewery brands by the day, it seems, yep. how should we think about The Veil as a, as a different kind of brand of brewery in Richmond? How do you want people to think about The Veil? Um, let's see. As, you know, being excited coming on board as the first production member here, I was just excited about the beer, you know, being a part of the beer community. So yeah. the quality of the beer, I think, is number one. Um, um, kind of like the artistic expression of our brand is important to me yeah. uh, with our, you know, you know, every, we put out hundreds of different brands a year, different beers, and each one has an own, its own unique label designed by our artist designer, Tim Skirvin, you know. Um, so I always thought it was amazing that we were just kind of like a, like a boutique like a boutique style like uh, art project almost. There is an aesthetic yeah, to the place cool. that is amazing. There absolutely yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, and and tell me, Justin. You know, we've been talking. You've overheard us talking about the naughty list and the nice list for Christmas. We've talked about the influence that brands have and the impact they can have on the community. Is there anything you guys are doing in the community that? that would help us to put you either on the hopefully nice list or the naughty list? Yeah, I, I would hope that we're on the nice list. Uh, we, we do a lot of charity work uh, that I'm really proud of personally. Um, our beer festival every year is in kind of an, we wanted to have a different beer festival. Uh, um, so we have a intimate, you know, 100 to 200 people festival. The tickets are kind of on the more expensive end, but you get to try beers from you know, breweries that aren't distributed in Richmond, like a lot of our friends and, you know, try some really special beers from some of uh, our owner Matt's relationships, you know, in the beer That's world. Right. Uh, and then all of the proceeds go for that festival, go to Child Savers up in Churchill. Great so, charity, great. That's yeah, so, you know, it's a lot of money that we've given to them over the years and we're really proud of that. Um, we have other small, you know, other things below, not below that, but you know, other charities that we give to throughout the year, uh, you know, even specific ones such as our friend Kui Pham who worked at Mekong who passed away. We give, you know, brew a beer for him every year in his honor awesome. and give the money to his children. So. That's cool. I'm That's putting cool. him on the nice, nice list. Yeah. Definitely on the nice <laughs> Definitely list. Definitely on the nice list. That's awesome. Uh, well, thanks to Justin and Dave at The Vale for having us here and for, for giving us this amazing beer doing the all the work you do also with the, on the nice list. The beer is definitely on the nice list, but doing all the work that you do in the community too is, is amazing. Richmond is lucky to have the veil. So thanks for having us. Uh, and thanks for joining us on this holiday edition of Beer and Brands. Happy uh, holidays, everybody. Happy holidays, everybody. If you have additions to your own naughty list or nice list of brands, put them in the comments. If you want to know where I got my amazing sweater, just good. let me know. I, I, can give you the, uh, I can give you the address. It's, it's awesome. Anyway, have a fantastic holiday and we will see you in 2022.